Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been there before. That place, that moment when you feel like the slightest breeze might blow you over. When you feel as if just one more straw was placed upon the burden which you are carrying would crush you. When that small flicker of hope that you have is threatened to be extinguished with the slightest breath. When you're in those moments, as all of us are from time to time, You can feel desperate, wondering, how long can I hold on? As if you're at the end of a rope and you feel your fingers beginning to lose their grip. In such moments, we are terrified, dismayed. How much longer? Can I go? What will happen next? If you have felt like this, you are not alone. The people of Israel could identify with you. They had seen everything stripped from them, their kingdom had been brought to ruin. Their king had been taken off in chains, his sons executed. Where would their monarchy go from here? More important than that, they had seen the temple, the place where God had promised to place his name and the place where God had promised to forgive their sins. They had seen it been reduced so that not one stone was left upon another. Where was their hope for forgiveness now? And then they had been carted off as exiles in a foreign land, left to raise their children amongst a people who did not observe their customs, who did not worship their God, and they felt utterly cut off, cast off, and wondered, did they have any reason to hope? They were a desperate people. I would invite you to turn in the pew Bibles in front of you uh, to the Old Testament to Isaiah chapter 42. We heard it read for us earlier today. It's on page 519 in the Old Testament portion of your pew Bible. To a people who were desperate, the Lord came through the prophet Isaiah and spoke these words. Here is my servant 
whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. To a people who were desperate, who were clinging on to the remnants of hope, who were wondering how much longer they could hold on, God sends a word of comfort, a word of hope. And it is all centered on this, that the Lord is sending a servant, the Lord's servant, whom he is upholding, giving strength to, his chosen one, in whom the Lord's soul delights, in whom the spirit of the living God dwells. God is going to send such a one to the people of Israel. And what will that chosen servant in whom God is delighted and in whom the spirit of the living God dwells, what will that servant do? He will bring forth justice to the nations. That piece may not have sounded like quite the word of hope that the people of Israel were looking for. For justice is a two-edged thing. We pray that justice would be done, that God would make right all that is wrong in the world. And yet, we see that we ourselves are complicit in that which is wrong in this world. So that if God is going to come and make justice happen in the world, he's going to make justice happen in our lives too. That could leave us a little unsettled. But listen to how the Lord continues in verse 2. Speaking of the servant, the Lord says, He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. If we are afraid that the one who comes to bring about justice, the one in whom the Spirit of the living God dwells, God's chosen one, that this one is going to bring about justice and that it might just be the final thing that ends us, God speaks this beautiful word of compassion and mercy. We can think of those who uphold the justice in our world as those who come with an iron fist, with an iron scepter is language that's used in in the scriptures sometimes. Uh, There was, at the time of Jesus, a peace that was kept unprecedented in the world. The peace of Rome, but it came at quite a price. The marching boots 
and the edge of the sword of Roman armies. That is how we are used to seeing justice done in this world. But God says that this servant one whom he has chosen, in whom his soul delights, and upon whom God's spirit has been sent to dwell in him, he's not even going to cry or lift up his voice to make it heard in the street. He's going to speak softly so that one would strain their ears to listen. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a dimly burning wick. You can see that bruised reed. If you've ever gone down uh, you know, any chosen road uh, in the countryside here around our church uh, during the height of summer, you can see the cattails and other things that are going straight up. But you see one that is bruised or broken and that thing is just limp. And if you go over and you touch it, that thing's just going to fall right on over, top-heavy. If you've ever had the experience of holding a candle and trying to take it across a room or, or worse, across uh, an open field uh, or a, across a campsite area and the wind is blowing, you know how careful you have to go and, and how, especially if that wick is not very high and it's just the tiniest little bit of flame, the, the slightest breeze will blow it out. That's the imagery that is used here by God through Isaiah. Those things which are so fragile, our Lord is so gentle that they are preserved. We, when we're in those moments, when we feel like just one more thing will break us, when a stiff wind will knock us over, when we're just about to lose our grip. What a word this is, speaking to us of the Savior, this servant, Jesus, who comes in gentleness, with compassion, and kindness, meekness, that he may uphold us. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Right? Jesus, Jesus comes in compassion. He comes to relieve us of those burdens, to uphold us in our weakness, to give us strength to stand when the winds are blowing against us to help us to hold on in hope. That 
meekness of our Lord might be misunderstood as weakness, as an inability to be able to accomplish things. That's how it is often perceived in our world today. But Isaiah continues at the end of verse 3, he will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Jesus is going to get the job done. Nothing is going to dissuade him from accomplishing that purpose for which he came. To give strength to the weak. To open the eyes of the blind. To set free the prisoner. That's what it says here next. The vision of Isaiah, this word from the Lord about the work that the servant will do. Verse 5, thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I've taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. This is what our Lord Jesus came to do. The confirmation of the Spirit coming down upon him at baptism those words from God the Father, this is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. These are confirmation that Jesus is this servant who comes to heal, to restore, to set free those who are in bondage. That includes the people of Israel who were complicit in making the world wrong. It includes you and me who ourselves are complicit by our sin in the wrongs in this world. But Jesus, Jesus in his compassion heals us by his wounds which he gladly took upon himself on the cross. We are healed. Our sin forgiven. Justice is accomplished by his death and by his rising again from the dead. He has given to us as a covenant, as a promise, as a word from God to us who have received his very name 
at our baptism, who have received on our brow the mark of the cross upon which he died. For we have died with him, and we now rise with him daily to walk in newness of life. As we live in that baptism in which he has called us his own, we go out from this place and we see people all around us who are barely hanging on, who the light and their candle of hope is just so dim, the wick so weak, the slightest breeze threatens to blow it out, to quench it, who are carrying burdens such that the slightest touch will crush them. The Lord is still at work today to bring hope and strength, peace to those people. And he's doing it through you. You bear the light of Christ. You are the ones who carry hope within you. For you are marked with his very name. And you bear in your bodies the very spirit of the living God, that same spirit which came down upon Jesus at his baptism now dwells in you. The same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and speaks through you, ministers through you to bring hope to those who are despairing, to set free those who are imprisoned, to give strength to those who are weak, that they may hold on just a little longer. Christ is at work in you. The words of St. Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can bring that kind of hope to the people in your life who are desperate to hear it. In verse 8, the Lord says through Isaiah, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. That is to say that God is the Lord. He does not share his glory with idols, with false gods. When he comes upon Jesus and declares him to be the servant, his very beloved son, he is declaring him to be God. Jesus, who bears the very glory of God, is not merely some great teacher, but he is God in the flesh. And he will accomplish that which he has promised which is exactly what verse 9 is all about. See, the former things have come to pass. That is, I have fulfilled the promise. 
And new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God is the fulfiller of promises. And you are the recipient of those promises. The promise that you are his beloved child through holy baptism. The promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Promise that in him you can find your promised rest. And if you are carrying a heavy burden, you can take it to him and he will, he will relieve you of it. And as you come alongside him under his yoke, you will find his way is easy, his burden light. As you go forth this week, you go bearing the light of Christ, that hope and the very Spirit of God, the living God dwelling in you, to bear hope, to bear a word of compassion and peace to those who are in a desperate place, knowing that God will accomplish his purposes even as he has promised. In the name of Jesus, amen.